Let your attention rest with the primary object of the breath or sounds. Letting your attention connect to the beginning of each in-breath, sustaining your attention for as long as the in-breath lasts. Connecting your attention to the beginning of the out-breath and sustaining your attention on it for as long as it lasts. Returning to the breath or hearing each time you discover that you've wandered away or have forgotten to pay attention. Returning to the present moment's experience that appears with the breath or hearing. This morning begin also to recognize what is preventing you from being mindful. Our familiar friends, the five hindrances, appear in many forms, very gross, very subtle. They sneak into our experience and we need to begin to catch them without judgment, without struggle, but merely to recognize what quality of mind is preventing us from being clear and present. It may be sleepiness or dullness. When you feel dull, sleepy, drifty, find yourself bobbing and nodding, recognize sleepiness is present. Heaviness of mind, heaviness of body. Make a mental note, a soft mental note of sleepiness. When doubt or confusion is present, when you don't know what to do, when you have forgotten what comes next, recognize that doubt is present. If you're wondering about your ability to do the practice, wondering about the instructions, wondering about the teachers, this is a manifestation of doubt in the mind. It prevents us from being clearly present, but we can recognize it, make a light mental note of doubting, and not be disturbed, not be distracted, not be forgetful. Sleepiness, doubt. Sometimes aversion appears. 
disliking our experience. We may find ourselves frustrated, disappointed, angry, critical, judgmental, all forms of aversion or withdrawing from the experience. When this too is present, recognize aversion, anger, hatred, judgment, criticism, disappointment, frustration, despair. We don't need to give up practice because aversion is present. We merely need to recognize it, acknowledge its presence in the mind as another temporary visitor without being defeated nor self-critical, merely acknowledging it for as long as it's there, seeing too that it is impermanent, just a passing mental state. When desire or the wanting mind appears, wanting some other experience, hopeful for a good sitting, recognize the wanting mind, that mind that's looking forward to the bell at the end of the sitting, lunch, interview, Wanting pulls us out of the present moment. We can recognize this as another mental state to be known, noted, observed, and let go of. We needn't judge ourselves or criticize ourselves. These states of mind come due to habit, and lack of attention. So too with restlessness, that overabundance of energy, the scatteredness of mind, the jumpiness of the body, the discomfort that we feel, manifestations of restlessness, which keep us from settling into and onto the present moment's experience. Recognize restlessness, giving yourself plenty of space, physical space, mental space, to let restlessness be there. With all of these hindrances, sleepiness, restlessness, doubt, aversion, and wanting, it's important to acknowledge their presence without judgment, without shame, without criticism. They are impersonal mental states which come due to deep conditioning, habit. And we can begin to recognize them and sustain the continuity of our mindfulness. Work this morning with 
acknowledging which of the hindrances appear and beginning to recognize them, beginning to recognize how they feel in the body, how they manifest in the mind, asking yourself, what is this? And noticing what happens to that quality of mind or that experience in the body as you observe it. Does it continue? Does it fade away? Does it get stronger? As we become familiar with these mental states, we drift for less of the time and less frequently. And we're present with more of our experience more continuously. Being careful of judgment when you discover that you're lost in wanting or aversion or sleepiness. Making a light mental note of which hindrance is present helps to reduce its power to entrance you. Be persistent, persevering in acknowledging the hindrances, returning to your primary object when they're no longer commanding your attention. In this way, the sitting becomes a flow of acknowledging what is happening, what is appearing in the mind. If you get confused or unknowing what to do, return to the primary object Re-establish continuity of attention. Begin again. Do you have any questions this morning about your practice? <clears throat> Did you have any hindrances in this last sitting? <laughs> we could take a vote. <laughs> yes. The comment is about um, aversion, and when aversion 
appears in her mind, she feels it in the body as a heaviness and a tightness and she connects with that and the question is, then what? Um, I would stay with that physical reflection of the mental state of aversion. Understanding that that physical um, physical experience uh, changes and you may be able to notice it changing. You may notice it's uh, shrinking or expanding, changing location, growing in intensity, weakening in intensity, um, disappearing gradually or slowly. Um, it may feel at times very static, very solid and unmoving. Uh, in that instance, I would be with it for a while. And really exploring that, exploring around the edges, getting close to it, being with it. And acknowledging to yourself what the quality of that experience is. It's tightness, it's hardness, it's vibrating, it's pulsing, it's whatever it is. And if it appears to be unchanging or unmoving after being with it for a while, then I would go back to the breath. Or go back to your primary object and be with that. With any of the hindrances, there's often, not always, but often, um, a, a mental story going along with it, you know. And in aversion, it could be, I don't like this and I don't like that and whatever, whatever, whatever. There's a whole range of thoughts that kind of gets thrown up when hindrances are present. And you might just begin to notice those as thoughts. So the whole package of aversion appears as a physical uh, sensation and movement in the body. It also appears as thoughts in the mind. So you can note any of those things. Yes? <laughs> Planning the end of the retreat already. <laughs> you 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 noted it as what? Planning. Right. Right. Okay, it's okay to just note all those different kinds of thinking as planning, remembering, rehearsing for your interview, etc., um, etc., et and not, not try to make it into a hindrance of any sort. It's restlessness. But there can be, planning can be with a lot of longing. It can be with a lot of aversion. So if you notice it as planning, that's fine enough. Uh, if you notice its quality of aversion or wanting or longing or frustration or whatever it is, 
anticipation about an interview or whatever, then you can note that also. Uh, the the five that I mentioned this morning, they're just the the headlines. There are all there are many subsets of each of those, you know. So aversion can be uh, disliking, hatred, anger, criticism, uh, despair, disappointment, frustration, fear, many different forms of aversion. So too with longing, sleepiness, doubt, etc. But when the mind is very active and it's just jumpy from planning to this, to that, to that, to that, in one after another, then there's a lot of unsteadiness and restlessness in the mind. Yes? When any image appears, and it can be a frightening image, it can be a pleasant image, it can be something familiar, it can be unfamiliar, it can be real, it can be fantasy. When images appear, you can do a couple of things. One is to just note it as seeing. Just note that seeing is happening. And notice what happens to it, that vision or image, when you clearly recognize it as just seeing. And you may have to persist with that acknowledgement that seeing, seeing, seeing. Often with images there is also a physical reflection of that image, or there may be a mental reflection associated with that image. In your instance, it was maybe fear. Fear that you were going to be cut by this thing. If you can recognize the emotional content or the mental state, then you can just note that, fear. And that fear may have a physical reflection of tightness, tension, pulling away, as you acknowledged. And any of those can be noted as the appearance in the mind at that time. Okay? So you can note seeing the image, you can note fear, the um, relationship to that image, you can note the physical manifestations of your relationship to it, tightness, tension, whatever. It takes a very moment to moment, being with the changing experience, because as you even described, it's not just a single thing happening for a long time. An image just 
hanging there in front of the, the mind's eye. There's other stuff happening. There's thoughts and sensations and emotions. And, and the mindfulness can track each of those momentary experiences and notice what happens. As you acknowledged, it's not still happening. It's, it is a temporary appearance in the mind. The image, the fear, the sensations, they're all temporary. Some of you have asked about taking the eight precepts formally. So I wanted to speak just a bit about that. In a couple of days, those of you who wish can formally take the other three precepts and take eight precepts. The precepts, the five precepts that we're living with, that all of us are living with here, is really the foundation of this community, an intentional community to um, support our living as a community so that we can feel safe um, with each other and that we can feel cohesive. The three additional precepts that you can undertake, if you wish, are really a further expression of one's commitment to let go. To really make this or a period of training, or a period of practicing letting go of that which we are very familiar with, accustomed to, habituated to, and it is an expression of one's intent to cultivate the mind that lets go. And these other three precepts are to refrain from eating solid food after noon, after the noontime meal, to refrain from adorning oneself in any way that brings attention to one's body. Jewelry, perfume, in the olden days it was flowers, etc. And the, the eighth precept is to refrain from high and luxurious beds and chairs, which shouldn't be a problem here. But you can take that to mean whatever you consider luxurious, you know, like zafus and things like that. <laughs> if you really want to stretch it. But those are the other three precepts. And the adornments in high and luxurious beds and chairs is not so difficult. The, for most people, it's the choice to refrain from uh, eating solid food after noon. And it's really, it's an individual choice. Uh, some of you might want to try it for a period of time, a week, a day, first half of the retreat, or whatever. And some of you might know that you want to undertake those precepts for the, for the full retreat. 
but it's your choice. In in Burma, where I was practicing, for any mm, any special event, which can be as, as little as coming to sit or coming to any of the ceremonies, all of the lay people would take eight precepts. And they might take eight precepts several times a day, but or and then several days a week as an expression of their intent and their interest and their commitment to um, practice and freeing themselves from um, attachments. So are there any questions about the precepts? Yes, please. Uh, not really, no. I wouldn't consider those any of the chairs here very high and luxurious. Some people do take the chairs that are in the library, which is now M101. They are very, they're the cushiest chairs in the building. They're not exceptional, but they are, they're, they're, they're comfortable. They're a little more comfortable than some people find sitting you know, on, on benches and cushions. And if you really wanted to make that a meaningful and in some ways really have something to work with uh, here, you could consider those chairs high and luxurious. Yes? yes. Uh, if you, it's really easy. If you take, the, <laughs> if you take the precepts, it's an expression of your intent, and then they serve cake at five o'clock, and you eat a piece. Then you take the precepts again. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to minimize the effect. But it's really, you will see. I mean, just taking the precepts has an effect on how you relate to what's served at tea time. And if there's anything, you know, like cake served, they'll save you a piece for lunch the next day. Yes? Dude, what are the implications of that attitude for the other five? Uh, what are the implications of that for the other five? Yeah, that attitude. Oh, those are not optional. The other, the five, first five precepts are not optional. The, th the remaining three are optional. Yeah. It's really... Uh, in Burma, when they have high holy days and all of the lay people come and are participating in something, the Burmese women wear all of their jewelry. I mean, they wear big, gaudy, and lots of stuff and take the eight precepts <laughs> and, they're, and they're wearing all their stuff and it was a little confusing to me <laughs> being so practical and rational but you know it was an expression of their intent and their inability to live by it at that time <laughs> and, 
it was planting seeds, but you know the other conditions that those that were needed for those seeds to really sprout in renunciation just weren't there. So it's time for further practice and walking and interview. So enjoy your day of practice. While remaining <clears throat> settled in the body, using your primary anchor to tether your attention to the present moment, let the breath breathe itself and notice what appears in the mind. There may be sound or sensation in the body, pleasant or unpleasant, the breath in and out, rising, falling. There may be some of the hindrances, sleepiness, restlessness, wanting, not wanting, doubt. Notice also the impulse in the mind to move or shift your attention, noting that as intending. In beginning also today to notice the background upon which all of this is played out. Sense of contentment, or ease, maybe a subtle sense of struggle or trying, maybe a feeling of stillness, or a sense of it being okay. These are manifestations of subtle mental states, less distinct than sensation or thought but present as appearances in the mind, nevertheless. Acknowledge the background of your mind while you sit, as you walk, and as you move throughout the day. Whatever background you discover, subtle as it may be, is also an impermanent impersonal appearance in the mind. They come due to their own conditions. We note them. They leave when conditions dissolve. Let them come, let them go. Acknowledge them. Remain at ease with what appears in your mind. practice. <coughs> yes? These uh, background states that 
Yes. Right, right. The question is about the background states of mind that I mentioned in the instruction and how do they relate to the three feeling tones of pleasant, unpleasant and neutral. <coughs> the feeling tones of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral can be mental or physical. The background states or the mental states which, upon which momentary appearances, more distinctive momentary appearances are playing out, they also have a quality of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, but they have their own distinct characteristic also, such as contentment or um, a sense of anticipation or a subtle irritation, not, not as strong as anger or frustration or, um, you know, hatred, but it's just an irritation with something. That would be, of course, subtly unpleasant feeling. And the mental states, these mental states, are very subtle. Much less distinct, of course, than a sensation in the body, which has a very definite place and time. Thoughts are very noticeable and distinct. But these mental states are even less than that. They're not even, uh, it's hard to call them a momentary appearance. We notice them in a moment, but they kind of seep in and they're there. And when conditions change, they kind of dissolve. So it's something like the fog of the morning. If you pay attention to it, it's very noticeable. But if you're intent on looking at the tree through the fog, the tree is very noticeable. And you might miss the fog. So the mental states are like that. They put a slight color on whatever else we're observing. They may, it may be subtly pleasant or unpleasant. Even a sense of everything being okay. Not dramatically good, not dramatically bad, but just okay, is a mental state. So you can begin to notice this kind of flavor in the mind that's happening impersonally and impermanently. Yes? How what? Sorrow. Sorrow. Oh. This is um, one of the games that yogis and teachers play at the three-month retreat. 
one teacher will give a talk and another teacher gets asked questions about it. <laughs> hmm. The question is about sorrow and how it is an aversion. Carol had mentioned in her talk on aversion that sorrow was a form of aversion. And I think sorrow I haven't really thought this out so I'm kind of thinking out loud. Sorrow is something like, I wish it hadn't happened. I'm sorry it happened. Or sorrow, yeah. There is a subtle withdrawing from that experience, which is different than just it being an unpleasant experience and being with it. It's a, it's a, It feels like a, I wish I wasn't here. I wish I wasn't feeling this in relation to whatever one has sorrow about. So in that way I can see that it is a form of aversion. For further uh, information, you could ask Carol just what she meant. <laughs> And I'll think about it more. <laughs> yes? Um, I, I noticed something when um, I'm fairly balanced about the background something, but I'm not sure that it's a mind state. It seems more like an enduring quality of the mind that sometimes I'm aware of, sometimes I'm not. Um, It's hard to describe, it's like spaciousness. Spaciousness? And I know there's a mind state that's sort of where you're spacious or not spacious around something that's happening. This is more like um, when I'm not paying direct attention to phenomena in the mind and body arising, there's this something else. I'm not even sure that it's consciousness. I'm not sure what that The comment is about some qualities of mind which appear occasionally, which don't seem as distinct as a mental state, but more as a quality of the mind or the quality of knowing itself. Is that the comment? In quality of the mind that you can be in touch with or not be in touch with. I hear what you're saying. When you are aware of it and when you are in touch with it, I would just note it as however you experience it. And it may be spaciousness or a sense of spaciousness. It may be a quality of, um, what else did you say, luminosity? Mm -hmm. Luminosity or 
whatever that particular, however you would experience it and uh, know it. But because you yourself have said that sometimes you're aware of it and sometimes you're not, It's really, excuse me, it's really, pardon? My practice has to be pretty balanced. I can't be free and notice it most of the time. Sure. Yeah. It would be really hard to impute some sort of permanence or uh, enduring quality to something which one didn't notice all the time. So I wouldn't imagine that anything was permanent or enduring when I couldn't observe it. You know, whenever one turned in that direction, even. The comment was, it sounds like it might be or could be a kind of rapture. Um, rapture's a little more excitable than what he's talking about. Rapture is kind of... Mm. <laughs> and that, his sounds kind of even much subtler and back there than that, yeah. But when one is that, has that quality of mind, whatever that is, there is a joy, a rapture, which um, is not, of course, due to what one is experiencing, but rather due to the knowing of experience itself. And certainly that would be there. It's um, nearly time to walk, but I just wanted to comment that today is about the 10th or 11th day of silence, and we have finished the formal generic instructions in the hall. So uh, anything you could possibly experience over the next two and a half months has already been mentioned. Uh, <laughs> And you have the tools for dealing with it. So, <laughs> if you come up with anything else, if you discover anything that you think hasn't been mentioned, please um, bring it up in an interview or a question. You never know. And it really feels like everyone is really settling in and kind of into their own brand of practice. So please, um, you know, really acknowledge to yourself that we're 10 days in and 80 to go, or whatever. Also, the last time I was here, I mentioned that there would be the opportunity to take the eight precepts uh, formally. <clears throat> so I'd like to do that this morning. How many here? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.